So we're discussing expectations on this particular episode and I'm not going to lie, you know, some of the things that are going to be mentioned sound true, some are definitely BS and others are just a little bit wild, you know, because eventually at some point someone's bound to have some expectations that are a little bit out of the park and, you know, a little bit better sounding in your imagination, you know. And I'm going to even start by giving you one that sounds a hell of a lot better in someone's imagination. So apparently, Scooby-Doo fans are rejoicing as Velma is finally portrayed as a lesbian in the movie animation Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo. Now, I don't know, maybe it's just me as a fan or maybe it's the friends that I have that are fans. But none of us has ever thought to ourselves, you know what, we'd actually like it and we'd actually want if Velma wasn't a straight woman. And more so than that, like, we never really thought that far. So I don't know which fans are rejoicing because it's definitely not kids fans. Like, personally, for me, I thought that she was having a thing with her glasses, especially since she used to lose them like an on and off relationship. You get me? So for me to find out that she's lesbian, wouldn't that make me feel bad because now I don't get to see a fantasy where her and her glasses get married? Huh? Now, it sounds like I'm spewing garbage over here, but just listen to me for a little bit. Just bear with me for a little bit on this one. When times get tough, you hold on to the people that you love, right? When things became challenging for her, didn't she, like, hold on to her glasses and shit? When stuff would become a little bit tough between, you know, like, the entire gang and everything, and stuff would blow up, wouldn't the first thing that she loses, instead of, you know, her connection to her partner, wouldn't it be her sight because she can't find her glasses? Like... What if they had actually been having a relationship this entire time? Not that I'm saying that the glass is also lesbian because that's a very different story. But still, wouldn't this make a pretty good premise for the term love is blind? Like, she represents love, it's blind, you know. She finds her partner in the glasses and, you know, she sees a lot clearly. Like, this is is the shit that would have probably worked a little bit better. But now you guys are revealing her as a lesbian, as if us guys cared when we were kids. And honestly, this this whole thing of giving sexuality to cartoon characters is absolute bull. Like, we watch these cartoons as kids not to decipher what it is that they like to shag, but to literally just enjoy the story that's been written because it gives us a certain experience of our own. Like, when I watched Scooby-Doo, it was literally just horror, but it would come off in such a comedic way that I actually enjoyed watching it as opposed to something that was a little bit deeper into horror like Courage the Cowardly Dog. Not that I didn't love it or anything, but I watched it because of the comedy and the fact that they were solving mysteries together. I watched DC Comics, I watch Marvel because there's stories about heroes saving the day and shit, and I enjoy that shit. I don't really give too much of a flying damn who it is that someone shags, maybe except for Superman and Batman, just mostly because I know Superman has had Lois and Batman's been a hoe quite a bit, but that's sort of besides the point. But why do people like forcing this shit on kids? Like, this is a kid's show. And even though most of us are adults right now, it's not like we really care to know, or at least it's not like the majority of us care to know what it is that these people were shagging. Because they're cartoon characters, they don't even have genitalia. At least not as far as the drawings are concerned. So maybe, just maybe, if they actually focused on giving us good stories, not really caring about who it is that these animated characters are supposedly supposed to shag, then probably we'd be having way better content out here right now than the current pile of garbage that's been coming out lately. 
So if they focused on making good content, kind of like this podcast, then we'd probably know what good content is right from the beginning, kind of like with this podcast when I start by saying, Welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one Break Time podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who is filled with a lot of sadness because Velma's glasses will no longer be able to stimulate her in the same exact way that makes her say jinkies. He's a man who likes his women the same exact way he likes his yogurt. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. This show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex, and relationships show where I get to talk about love. I get to talk about sex and I get to talk about relationships and all the stuff around it. I make fun of a couple of things. Some people get mad, but I usually like to come through with that conclusion. And if you do agree with it, if you don't agree with it, if you want to give feedback or if you want to suggest a new topic, then the place to do that is at Breaktime on Westside on Facebook and on IG. And on Twitter, you can slide into my personal DMs, which is at Bagaka the D. And I would love to receive your feedback and, you know, use it to make some content, you know, maybe give a couple of shout outs here and there. And actually, speaking of shout outs, a massive thank you, a massive shout out to each and every one of you that gives feedback, to each and every one of you that gives a nice rating and review of the podcast on whichever app you're on. It really warms my heart whenever you guys give that feedback, give that love and say that you listen because at the end of the day, I'm making this content for you and if you enjoy it or if you don't enjoy it, it's something that I'd like to know so that I can help make for better episodes, you know? So, but before we get into that, I want us to talk about Vera Siddika for a little bit. As in, people actually decided to believe her. Like, this is the wildest shit ever. Like, of all the things that you see celebrities in Kenya doing in the name of trying to push a project out, y'all actually believe that she lost her ass. Like, are some of y'all serious though? Or maybe it's just the fact that I'm an ass man so I knew a fake ass when I saw it. So anyways, let me try and give a bit of context for those of you all that might not know. If you don't follow social media in Kenya or if you're not Kenyan at all, let me just give you a bit of context. So Vera Sidika is this very huge Kenyan influencer that's been in the influencing game for the past, I don't know, 10 years or some shit. She's mostly been known because of her ass, because she's had a humongous ass and it's attracted a lot of people and it's made her a lot of money because, you know, she's ended up being with a couple of high players and shit. You know, not just in Kenya, but, you know, around the world and shit. So she posts up a picture about a week ago talking about, quote unquote, the rebirth and how, you know, for the sake of her life, she had to lose the ass. And the picture that she posted up showed that she had like a flat back and she sort of promised that she was going to show how the entire process went on Friday. And the thing is, people actually bought that shit and they ate it up. They were busy talking about, oh, inner beauty. Oh, after all this, finally, you realize that what it is that you did was bad. And I literally looked at what everyone was saying. Like, kid you not, one or two people asked me why I wouldn't choose to talk about it on Tweet Street. Of which, I thought about it for a second and I was like, you know what, this is BS. Like, the moment I saw the picture, I was like, you know what, this is probably Photoshop. Because in all my years of staring at ass, as a man that calls myself an ass man, you know, I claim that I'm asthmatic. Like, I looked at that picture and I knew that it was BS because I know what a nice set of thighs are and the kind of booty that can be on a nice set of thighs. And I know what a fake ass looks like on thighs. Like, the moment I looked at the picture, I just knew that there was a ton of BS on it. But 
I think most Kenyans were kind of thinking that that was real. All of a sudden, on Friday, when people are busy tuning in to find out how the entire thing went, at least those that actually gave a damn, they realized that she was dropping a music video. Which, I'm not going to lie, wasn't particularly all garbage because, you know, it had Range Rovers and shit. But beyond that, it was literally just lights, shaky cam and absolute BS, at least for the five seconds that I looked at it. And beyond that, you know, her music artistry wasn't bad. Like, if I was to say that it's bad, it would be a disservice to the term bad. Like, it's way worse than that. The beats are pretty dope, but, you know, her artistry requires a little bit more help than a person on life support. But that's sort of besides the point. The reason why I actually decided to bring this up, not just to ridicule Kenyans and the fact that they can't decipher what a flat, real ass is, is the fact that Kenyan celebrities have this thing where they chase clout before they drop something big, and it's mostly a musician thing. And... I've never really understood why they choose this route. Like, yes, Kenyans might pay more attention and shit, but it doesn't actually translate to having real fans. Because you find in a lot of cases, and this is something that you'll see quite often happening, a Kenyan musician will have been spotted, say, uh, dating another Kenyan musician, or they'll have sparked up dating rumors because they'll be spotted together, holding hands, doing blah, blah, blah for like a week or two. Then boom, all of a sudden, they've dropped a music video and it's the both of them singing a love song of sorts or collabing on some project. Then you realize that it was actually a sham. These guys were just sparking up rumors just so that they can drop something. And personally speaking, I'm not saying that the quality of the music that these same artists release is about as good as Veracidica's. I'm saying that people just do this thing where they try to profit off of controversy and it doesn't really help as much. Like, yes, you can get a couple of numbers here and there, but do you really have true fans? And that's probably the question that we need to ask. Because a lot of the Kenyan musicians who've sort of, I'd say, gone international that are doing pretty big, you find that they don't try such stunts because you actually realize that at some point people kind of get so used to it that they kind of stop really giving too much of a damn. It's kind of like the Kardashians. People were really, really following whatever it is that they were doing. Then at some point, people really stopped giving a damn. So not unless if it's something major or something really, really bad that's happened to them, most people don't really give too much of a damn about it because the more you push controversial news, the more people get used to it, the more people stop giving a damn about it. So instead, why not tease it with like a trailer of a really, really well done music video? Wouldn't that be better though, right? But anyways... Since I'm not in the industry, I wouldn't really know, but all in all, I just feel like these sleazy moves at this point, guys should be used to them. The moment you see that, you just know that there's a project that's about to be dropped. But anyways, I guess some Kenyans will always fall for such BS, so I'ma leave it at that and I will move it on to our main topic of today. So first of all, I wanna give a big shout out to Josh. He's the one who actually helped inspire the making of this episode because we were actually talking this past week and while I was talking to him scrolling through IG, I noticed that quite a number of babes had been posting up about the whole Tia Mori and her husband going through a divorce and shit and apparently they filed for a divorce this past week and babes were kind of heartbroken and everything. And as I was scrolling past that, busy just concluding bullshit, I also noticed that Nazanin Mandy, Miguel's wife, also filed for divorce this past week and apparently tom brady and his wife have also filed for divorce uh, i think her name is giselle bunchen if not giselle blunchen or something of that sort and 
it actually did seem particularly interesting that you know there were three celebrity couples that were going through a divorce but the way people were busy talking about them on stories and talking about how oh you know marriage doesn't seem like it's an option in this current day and time personally i just felt like it was just meh like it seemed very pointless personally i don't really give too much of a flying damn about celebrity couples whether they will have a divorce whether they will get married that's not really my problem it's only relevant to me if there's a sex tape made and if it's interesting because you know chris jenner vibes and shit but the way some of the babes the way some people are just so invested it kind of also reminded me of the whole Celtics coach who was Nia Long's fiance who apparently cheated on her with like two women in the company and shit and that story sort of blew up and it brought forth this thing with people and expectations of celebrities and celebrity couples that I just find to be a little bit yucky like people look up to and idolize celebrity couples so much that they feel like they're a part of the couple because they pretty much hedge their happiness on their happiness i don't know if i'm making sense like you will listen to people talking about how oh you know ciara and russell wilson love each other so much uh they're probably gonna be there together they're a power couple blah 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 they're just gushing about one couple and you're like why the fuck do you care you're not a part of their relationship but on careful observation i noticed even though these celebrities are just human beings and you know they get to go through their issues and they get to separate i realized and i noticed that a lot of people like to pin their expectations on those celebrities because they're part of what they idolize as what a good couple is supposed to be you know what the expectations of a good relationship is supposed to be which to a huge degree is particularly wrong because you know human beings aren't supposed to be idols and you know they have their own mistakes they make their own choices and they can grow apart but more so than that a lot of people usually look at social media and what it is that couples are seen to do together and they think that that's the actual reality that they would probably like to have of which i think to a certain degree the people that idolize these couples also know you know wishes horses you know so they kind of just dream about it but at the same time a lot of what they see might seem really good on paper or at least it might seem really good from where they're seated right now but when you look at where that particular individual is at in life and you actually sort of studied you realize that it's actually not all that great but because you're not on that level you probably wouldn't know that so what i decided i should probably do for this episode is try and compile a list of expectations that I know both men and women probably have about a lot of these celebrity couples and some of these celebrity relationships and just sort of try to debunk some of them so that some people can come back down to earth and some people can stop aiming so high for something that they probably won't even reach. So I broke the list down into about five main points and you know some of them are mostly for women some are mostly for guys but i'll try and you know specify as much as possible even though i know that there's not as much time left so the first one and this is primarily on women is that you will have a power couple that lasts and the interesting thing is i've always found the whole power couple dynamic to be very very bs like 
The people that believe in power couples probably should tell me what's so enticing and what seems so good about having a power couple. You know, you have a powerful male, you have a powerful female, and both of them just so happen to be in a relationship together. Like, for me, that sounds like two tigers on one mountain, and it feels like both of them will probably fight, and one of them will have to be at the top, while the other one is a little bit further down. And the thing is, we don't really get to see that. It's usually, you know, two individuals that are supposedly powerful in, like, their own respective fronts and shit, and they still have time to be together and stay together and they're completely faithful and they're always so in love and honestly that sounds like absolute bs to me like i don't like using this example but take for example jay-z and beyonce you know they seem like that is power couple that was so great and that was the case up until i think it was 2017 when Lemonade came out and I think 2016 when she went and she decided to play around with the lyrics when she was doing some private performance and shit. But all in all, people used to believe that they were a power couple. But now, I guess people now are a little bit more welcoming of the fact that Jay-Z probably has like a couple of babes that he'll bang as escorts on the side and you know, they're kept properly under wraps. You know, another good example is the likes of Steph Curry. Steph Curry and Ayesha Curry, they're also considered to be, you know, a basketball couple that has been married and they've withstood the test of time and they're always great together, blah, blah, blah. But it recently came out that apparently whenever one of them is out of town, then, you know, they can go and do whatever it is that they want with whomever. But, you know, they're always going to be together and they're going to love each other. Now, of course, Aisha Curry came out and she was like, oh, you know, stop disrespecting my marriage, blah, blah, blah. But if they had a secret arrangement like that, which a lot of celebrity couples have, then it's probably something that you as the public are not supposed to know because you're supposed to idolize them as a power couple. Then after that, the other one is you, and by you I mean the men, will treat your woman like she deserves the world and everything in it. And this is actually an expectation that women usually have when, you know, they hope that their man is going to be, you know, successful and is going to be super big and everything, which when you actually look at the current media seems like it's actually a reality. But the truth of it is, it probably isn't. Because when you kind of think about it, a lot of the people that usually end up buying extravagant gifts for their girlfriends are usually rappers. And those ones are the ones who haven't been in the game for too long. Uh, sugar daddies and maybe scammers normally that's kind of the progression of how it is with rappers it kind of makes sense because you know you want to flex with your girl so you know you get your babe the most expensive things and you know she can go and you know floss all her her friends and you know pretty much say that oh you know Quavo got me this back and blah 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 then you look at the sugar daddies you know there's there's reasons behind that too you know probably he's compensating for something that he doesn't have you know that's the whole you know showing what makes him attractive because clearly his looks have definitely faded and he's not the most attractive guy on the planet so you know he knows very well as long as he keeps the money flowing into the babe's pocket she's gonna continue treating him like you know a very very lovable person then there's the idea of loyalty because obviously when a guy is spending a lot of cash on a babe and taking her on trips and giving her thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to go and do shopping with, then definitely that babe will probably not leave that guy anytime soon. Of course, there's babes that can do that and a lot of them probably have, but it's not a common thing for a lot of babes to do. So, of course, they'll go and they'll put money down there. The only issue is, even though you could get a guy that does that, 
You will take the gifts and they will increase with size but at some point they'll stop carrying value because you will have been gifted quite a lot of times. And at that point, you'll probably want something in the name of experiences and then you'll have some experiences but especially for guys that make so much, for guys that are that high level, they're probably not going to spend that much time with you. So what are you going to do with that one? Are you going to, you know, substitute the lack of time that you have with him with you flying to Jamaica and spending a week with the babes? You know, like, is that how you'd want to do it? Then the next one is she doesn't belong to the streets. And that one is usually something that's held by a lot of guys. Guys usually believe, oh, you know, when I'm big and I'm successful and I get this baby, you know, she'll stay loyal with me because I'm like the king, you know, I'm the catch that she shouldn't leave. And the truth of it is, if she didn't respect you enough to stay with you when you were broke, then how would you expect her to stay faithful when you have money? And, you know, she doesn't even necessarily have to have been with you when you were broke. But if you got a babe when you have money, it doesn't guarantee that she'll stay with you. It just means that her reasons for staying have increased. It doesn't guarantee that she stays with you. And that's one of those things that a lot of guys might take a while to learn, especially if they haven't learned to be assertive and they haven't learned to, you know, respect themselves to a level where they don't actually simp for a babe. Then the other one for guys is that she'll actually stay if she is with you. Because apparently when you get a babe and you have a lot of money, apparently she's supposed to stay because you guys are dating and you're giving her a great life of which, trust me, like there's a lot of babes that have left guys with a lot of money simply because they weren't happy. Those are some of the more self-aware ones. And yes, there's a lot of babes that will stay because you're throwing money on her. Don't get me wrong. Expectation number two exists for a reason. You know, that expectation was put there because babes were thrown for a bunch of money and they're still with those dudes. But it doesn't necessarily mean that she'll be loyal with you or that she'll actually stay with you for a long time because she might choose to be with someone who has more money. And this doesn't even depend on whether she's a broke babe or a rich one. Like, look at Amber Heard. She was with Johnny Depp and she was still shagging Elon Musk, you know? Scotty Pippen's wife was being shagged by Future. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you're successful and you have a lot of money that she's going to be loyal or that she's going to stay. Then, last but not least, and this one is held by both men and women, is that money and success actually equals happiness, which, let's be very honest, and I know so many of us actually know this, but we never like to acknowledge it, it's actually BS because happiness at the end of the day is a choice. It's a choice that doesn't come based off of how much money you have, but how you choose to live and what you choose to appreciate. Gratitude is one of the things that brings a lot of happiness and a lot of people fail to realize that. They believe that if they make a million or a billion or, you know, 10 or 15, that they're going to be happy. And yet at the end of the day, you find that a lot of the people who got there, who made that money, who had to put in the work to get there aren't particularly happy people. Some of them are stressed. Like a good example is Cardi B. There's a clip of her that was online. I can't remember where it was from, where she was being asked about, you know, having money and being successful. And she was like, yeah, she's happy that she can, you know, afford to feed herself and, you know, put a roof on her head and she can support her family and everything. But it becomes quite unhappy because a lot of the people around you just want to make money off of you and they don't see you as a person. And this is someone who is, you know, some symbol of happiness for some people. You know, she seemed like she was in a great marriage and Offset was cheating on her and shit. And she's blown up and, 
you know, there's a lot of things that will happen in between. And that's a very clear example that money and success doesn't necessarily equal that you'll be happy. Because at the end of the day, happiness is actually a choice. And happiness in a relationship comes from the choice that you and your partner have to actually make things work. So to kind of conclude all of this, let me just finish it up with a very interesting saying. And it's my sort of repurposing and rebranding of that saying. So there's a saying that goes, comparison is the thief of joy. And I don't know why in my head it sounded like comparison is the devil to joy and blah, blah. But how I look at it is comparison is the thief of joy and expectation is the thief to real practical happiness. I honestly don't think I need to add more on that. But then again, I might be wrong about any or all of this shit. So I want your thoughts on this. The DMs are open on IG, on Facebook. It is at Breaktime on Westside, on Twitter. It is at Bagaka the D. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>